Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. This episode of the Self-Love Club is brought to you by Casey. Try Casey's new Exceed Microneedling Treatment for glowing, healthier-looking skin. Hello, beautiful listener pals, and welcome to the Self-Love Club, the podcast dedicated to chatting about stuff that matters, real talk and lols. I'm your host, Belle Crawford, and on this episode, we're joined by someone who is really going to inspire you, Taylor Clement. Taylor was born with an extremely rare neurological disorder, which affects one in three to four million called Mobius syndrome, which means Taylor can't smile. Taylor was bullied so relentlessly, hearing about it made me cry. And from as young as 12 years old, she had multiple suicide attempts, but decided to keep going, turning her pain into power. Taylor is a talented swimmer and represented New Zealand as a Paralympian in shot put and discus, setting a world record. Taylor's story is very powerful and we cover it all in this conversation, which we can take a lot away from. Plus, she's got a crack up dating app story. A quick note, this episode does mention suicidal thoughts and suicide, but not in detail. I'll put a list of places you can get help in the show notes. Right, let's get into it. Taylor, welcome to the Self Love Club podcast. Thank you so much for your time. So excited to have a chat with you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. You're really cool. So I'm I'm really excited for this chat. Thanks. (laughs) Hey, so first up, tell us a bit about yourself Mm -hmm. and what you do. Um, So I'm Taylor Clement. I'm 23 years old. And basically, I was born with a really rare neurological disorder called Mobius syndrome. Um, So basically, what that means is it's like facial paralysis. So my eyebrows don't move, my eyes don't track from left to right and my upper lip doesn't move which means I can't smile. I also like to refer to it as free Botox um, yeah. so if my future husband is listening right now, <laughs> just know he won't have to pay for Botox yeah. <laughs> um, but basically the syndrome is, it affects one person in every three to four million so super rare, not a lot of people in New Zealand, maybe like a handful and yeah just pretty rare um, and then because of that syndrome I was also born with bilateral telekis or clubbed feet so when I was born both of my feet were bent up and touching the insides of my knees um, so I was in plasters from like the get-go and had a couple of operations so I basically have little to no ankle movement and no calf muscles because of this I was able to compete as a Paralympic athlete so competed um, in swimming from the age of about 10 to 18 years old maybe 18-19 and then due to like some mental health issues I had to quit took about a year off um, competitive sport just kind of went to the gym every day and then got into athletics so Paralympic athletics picked up shot put and discus I think it was February of 2018 if I'm if I remember correctly um, and it was my first competition it was an international competition over in Melbourne and I threw the distance that got me world number one um, so my first competition rocked up, had no idea. I thought they were joking. I thought like someone is like clunking me right now. Like this is not right at all. And so I was just there. I was like, I don't even know what I'm doing. Anyway, a year later at nationals in 2019, I threw the distance that got me the world record and obviously still world number one. And then I was supposed to go to Worlds that year. My ankles were not holding up from going from swimming to athletics. So had to pull out. Um, and so now I spend most of my time keynote speaking and just kind of being an advocate for mental health awareness, body positivity. I just really want to be able to use my story to help others. I guess we'll get more into it, but yeah. um, I've been through quite a bit in my life and I kind of just want to be like, I guess, a face and a voice for my younger self who really needed someone like me in the media, or like on the cover of magazines or like in interviews and like YouTube videos or whatever. And I just want to be that person for other people as well, because I know that there are so many people like I get so many messages on Instagram just being like you have no idea how much you being so vulnerable helps me and it's still so weird to me because I still feel like I'm not talking to anyone on Instagram I'm just posting random stuff and like people just like it but I don't think I've really come to like grasp with yeah. with like the impact you can it's such a weird concept because like you don't get being, to see people well you don't know any different yeah. as well you're just being yourself and doing yeah. what feels normal yeah. and right to you right and yeah you're right like yeah. you know there's people there but then you 
you're just posting it's very passive and then obviously people engage and yeah. talk but when you're doing it you're just doing it it's a thing right you're just posting yeah. photos of your thoughts and feelings and e- yeah yeah and even when people like come up to me sometimes in the street when they've like seen me in an article or whatever they're like oh can you help me in this way or that way and I'm just like mm, thanks like I get so awkward I'm yeah. just like I don't know what to do <laughs> yeah oh you should be proud of yourself we'll go through all of that mm-hmm. soon but take us back yeah. do you like growing up obviously you were born with this condition so you've never known any different but tell us about that and how that affected you I guess from being a baby and growing up you know you would have had so many operations for your feet as well yeah so I had I believe it was two operations on my feet so basically it was just to reposition um my feet so that I'd be able to walk essentially so they had to I like take up my calf muscles and everything and I've got two big scars along both of my feet not that I like really notice them they're just there (laughs) I've had about three or four operations on my face. The first one um, I had when I was 11 or 12 um, was really major. It was an eight hour long operation. And basically the hopes of it going into it was that I'd be able to smile after. So they took tissue from my my right side of my thigh and they inserted it. So there's no external scars from that operation. They're all internal, but they inserted the tissue from the corners of my mouth up up into my temples. So the idea was that I would clench down and be able to smile and of course when you're like an 11 or 12 year old kid and you're going into like a doctor's surgery or you know you're sitting across from someone who's like been to like university and is like really good at what they do you don't hear all the stuff that could not happen just here oh, I'm going in for a smile operation I would have literally done anything to be able to smile at that point like I'd been bullied so badly up until that point and so I was so excited I was telling everyone at school and in my mind I was like if I can smile I'm not going to get bullied anymore so like there was so much riding on this operation for me um and it obviously was unsuccessful and at the time it completely broke me like I was like I said just turned 12 I think six to eight months later I took what was one of six attempts on my life Um, So like it affected me like so, so, so badly and I hated it. I hated the fact that I couldn't smile. I hated myself for the fact that I couldn't smile and like I was always told that that my parents didn't love me, that I was a mistake and everything. So I felt ashamed for like my parents that I couldn't smile. I thought that they didn't love me or whatever and so like I hated that. I just kind of like hated everything but like mainly the fact that I couldn't smile and that people... I guess, couldn't get past that, if that makes sense. Yeah, we'll talk through that soon, but talk us through your childhood. It sounds like it was a rough time, and you're so right. I think when you're oh, a yeah. kid, you're trying to fit in, and, you know, when yeah. kids can That's be, all you want, though, Kids eh? can be so mean if anything's different or, like, people don't look a certain way, and yeah. all you want to do is to fit in. So talk us through your childhood. Yeah. What was your childhood like? Were you fairly active? It sounds like you were pretty sporty. Yeah, so I was definitely a really sporty kid. My whole family's really sporty. I don't really remember the first time I thought I was different, you know, if that makes sense. Because it's all I've ever known, right? But I would I would remember times maybe when I was like six or seven and I'd be in the supermarket with like my mum <laughs> and like I'd get weird looks from people and she'd like death stare them. I remember that and I just thought it was funny, you know. I didn't realise that they were looking at me because I was different. And it wasn't until I really went to maybe year four or five in school where kids really started getting quite mean again it was just like uh, like verbal bullying just like saying you're ugly or you're this or you're that like being excluded from things and growing up that's kind of all I knew right I didn't really know what it was like to not be bullied I don't remember a time where I wasn't bullied so that was kind of my childhood I guess (laughs) I had to I decided to grow up pretty quickly and like learn to enjoy my own company which I'm very grateful now like I love my alone time (laughs) um but I had yeah I did have to grow up quite quickly I lost a lot of my childhood but again I just am such a huge believer in everything happening for a reason so like I wouldn't take it back yeah and talk us through you know you said that after you had that surgery and didn't work that was one of many attempts on your life Mm -hmm. it must have really affected your mental health and people just being so unkind to you while you're already battling in your mind Mm -hmm. you know it's so unkind yeah 
The swelling from the operation didn't go down for like a good year. And I'm sure I can like send you some pictures to put up somewhere or whatever. But I looked like a pufferfish. Like my cheeks were like chipmunks, like bruised and everything. That was, my operation was in year six. So last year of primary school. So I'm also going into a new school, looking like a pufferfish, looking like I've been beaten to a pulp. And it just kind of added an even bigger target on my back. And obviously, like, mental health and bullying wasn't really talked about in school. You know, I think schools say they don't have a bullying tolerance, they don't tolerate bullying or whatever. But, you know, like, I remember at least a couple of times going to teachers and being like, look, this is what's happening and everything. And the bullying just got worse. So I learned pretty quickly to, like, say nothing and just let it happen, which... I mean, like, I wish I knew different at the time, but I didn't. You know, you're young, you don't, you're vulnerable, you don't really understand that you have more power than maybe what you think, if that makes sense. I know exactly what you mean, um, Did your parents come in and try fix things or try stop you being bullied? No, so that's kind of where, like, my whole, like, because I got really good at lying and the whole lying thing started from me just telling my parents that I had friends at school and that everything was fine. You know, like mum would ask, how was school today? I was like, yeah, it was fine. You know, I wouldn't say that, you know, I had my bag ripped off my back or that people brought plastic bags or paper bags to school to tell me to put over my head and everything. Oh. Like, I got... <laughs> You're going to make me cry. It's so... That's so oh. horrible. Oh, my God. That's so mean, Taylor. I just can't even deal. Like, far out. What is wrong with people? Oh, I know, I know. And like, yeah, so I mean, it wasn't like um, direct bullying from teachers, but it was definitely isolation from teachers as well. And so I remember one of my maths teachers and I blame this on not being good with maths, just to clarify. (laughs) Don't worry, same, I suck at maths. I managed to get year 11 and then after that I was like, I'm going to broadcast in school, all I need is level one, everybody. And I stopped because I was like, this, I passed all good, but I was like, this is, I don't like doing things that I don't don't like, yeah. Yeah. What would happen is, so the school that I went to, I think a lot of schools have like two levels, right? So my maths, my maths class was on the second level and so when I was at this specific school it was unisex so both boys and girls and so I'd be walking up the steps to my maths class and people would come behind and kick my knees in from behind so I would fall over and like graze my knees and everything and my maths teacher would see it happening and just like carry on as if nothing was happening Bearing in mind, I was still like 14 Mm. at this time, right? So like I was still like semi-wanting to understand and learn. And so like when I'd be in class, I'd like put my hand up to ask a question. Sometimes I'd be the only person with my hand up and she would just look straight past me. (gasps) Yeah, she would just like look straight past me as if I didn't have my hand up. Whenever I did get to ask the question on a very off chance, people would be like, oh, Taylor, you're so stupid, ready, 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 like you're so dumb, whatever. And so I just learned to like say nothing pretty much yeah. <laughs> I guess it was a survival thing in the end you just learned how to survive oh, and, yeah I kind of learned those survival tactics sadly from like quite a young age so um I was kind of used to it but it's just you know shit happens I guess so yeah no it's horrible <laughs> and talk us through those dark times like you know you said you had many attempts on your life talk us mm-hmm. through those those times where where was your obviously in a really dark place but you know, what led you to that and, and how were you feeling? To be quite honest, I think the first couple of times I tried taking my own life, I didn't quite grasp the severity of what I was doing. I just wanted it all to be over. You know, I was in such a dark place that I literally saw no other way out. I didn't think my parents loved me. I had no friends at school. Anyone that I was associated with at school would like try and avoid me or whatever. I felt so like lonely and helpless that it's kind of the only thing that made sense to me. Like I just wanted it all to stop. Um, And I don't think it was till maybe like my third or fourth where I really thought, okay, if I die, then it's going to be easier for everyone else around me. Like, to be not here is going to be easier than being here. Like, nearly every day, I was like, I can't do it anymore. It got to a point where I was just like, I was so tired all the time. Um, I just felt like I had a ton of bricks on my chest. Every time I tried to breathe or, like, do anything, it was, like, such a struggle, you know? Like, I'm so full of energy now in this, like, present moment that I find it so hard to, like, grasp the idea of what I was going through if that makes sense like it's so 
it's so weird to me, but like it's so foreign. It's almost like it's a different person. Hey, you're a different. You don't even recognize that person, yeah, because it's so different to your current situation in your state. And it makes me, it makes me so sad to think that I was so past the point of gone at that point. But again, this is why I do what I do now because I just. Everyone has a purpose in this life and I truly honestly like as dark and as twisted as it sounds I think I was born and like made to go through all that stuff all that hate and darkness to get to a point now where I'm so empowered that I can use what I've been through to help others. And I like love it. It brings me so much joy and like energy to be able to help others. Still to come on the show, how Taylor got through her darkest times, a shocking but a little bit hilarious dating app story, and a stack of helpful and positive self-love mindsets. But first, a message from this week's sponsor, Casey. Casey know that looking great is really about feeling great. And that's why Casey are rewarding their members with an appreciation week packed with exclusive discounts, free gifts, competitions and more. If you're not a Casey member, no worries. They'd love to have you as part of their hashtag skin confidence community. Kickstart your skin journey with their first time $70 offer, usually $120. Plus, Casey have just relaunched their new micro-needling treatment to give you the best results possible. Hello, Collagen. I can't wait to try it out in clinic as I'm all about glowing and healthy skin. Find out more about these deals and treatments and join me at casey.co.nz. Thanks so much to Casey for making this episode of the Self Love Club possible. We heart you heaps. Right, let's get back into the rest of our chat with the very inspiring Taylor. When did things shift for you? When did you start going, all right, Taylor, we are going to fight. We're going to keep going. What, what? When did that shift? And talk us through that. It definitely shifted after my last suicide attempt when I was 19. And I was still going through a lot of stuff. The previous year had been diagnosed with extreme clinical depression, anxiety, with post-traumatic stress disorder and disassociative attacks. Disassociative attacks are quite rare as well, but basically they're like epileptic seizures. And I was also going into these like, states of like childlike behavior so like I would collapse I wouldn't come back as Taylor the 19 year old Taylor I'd come back as like this five-year-old kid I remember none of it there were times in that year 2016 2017 around that time where I'd have up to eight seizures a day for like a good period of like five or six months I remember nothing of it it was definitely after my last suicide attempt where I kind of had that shift and I remember thinking I don't know what I'm doing here but something is going to happen it was I don't know how to explain it but it was just kind of like a moment of clarity where I was just like okay I can either keep going down this one route of like depressive being angry being hateful or I can choose a different route and then a couple of days later I saw this video on YouTube just completely out of the blue and it was on the law of attraction um and the book the secret and I remember the girl like showed the book the secret in the in the YouTube video and I was like I've seen that book in my house somewhere and I went searching for it and searching for it and it was on my mum's bedside table and that same day I read through the book the whole book in about an hour and a half and I didn't really understand a lot of but I understood the idea that I can choose how I think and how I feel and what I choose to perceive myself as. And the initial thought was pretty on the spot, but it took a long time to create those long-lasting habits. That was definitely the turning point for me. And it's just kind of been a weird and crazy journey since yeah. then. Look, <laughs> through, like you say, you read it, that was the initial thing, and then you started creating, like, I guess, steps, and maybe were you getting help for your yeah. mental health? And, like... What were some of the things you were doing? I guess it was self-care to take care of yourself and transition Mm. you from those really dark times to get you to, you know, the place where you are eventually now. Yeah, so it definitely wasn't easy. I just want to preface this because people sometimes kind of think like, you've made it look so easy. Like, it is not easy at all. And like, I take my hat off to anyone who can pull themselves out of those sort of depression states and everything. Like, it's the hardest thing in the world. It took me, one, realizing that, 
I had the power to create my own reality and create these positive thoughts around my life and who I was. And you have to like really find what works for you. So reading more books, I read heaps of like self-development books and everything, kind of implementing little things that I found worked for me and just doing it every single day, like without fail. Like that's where I think my sporting background really comes in handy, like the um, lesson of like discipline. I like to think I'm pretty good at being disciplined with stuff that works for me. And so I just made it a daily habit to do these things that worked for me, journaling, meditating, um, going for walks, listening to music, really doing things that put me into like a state of positivity rather than sitting around and feeling sorry for myself. Mm. It took a few years. Like I'm still on the journey. I think I'm always going to be on the journey of getting better and like finding new versions of myself. But I really don't think this version of Taylor now could ever go back to the state that I was in because we're just two completely different people. Yeah, you should be so proud of yourself. Were you therapy like were there people that were helping you as well yeah so I was when I was diagnosed I'd been in hospital and they put me into the public mental health system and I'm very lucky that my parents were able to put me into private therapy Um, and therapy was great it was just like a way to talk and vent to someone who doesn't know anything about you (laughs) they don't know anything about you previously to when you've come in and you start talking to them so that was really cool to be able to talk to someone like that and just get new ideas from them and stuff but I enjoyed therapy but again it came down to like me as a person I think anyone can go to therapy and whether you choose to use that information that they give you or not is a whole completely different story like people think oh you're going to therapy and you get better but it's 100% down to the individual and what you choose to do with that yeah you're right it's how you take care of yourself every single day you know the things how you choose to eat the sleep you get you know the going for a walk or exercising or you know like journaling or your reading and the self-development there's so many podcasts and resources out there now audio books and things Mm -hmm. so you're so right it is the little things you do every day that keep you and i don't know it's got to be repetitive as well like people bang on about self-care but it actually is so important you know it might seem quite it might seem quite basic of course you need to eat well of course you need to sleep well but i think the (laughs) world we live in now it's so full-on and there's so much stimulation it's fast we've got a lot more information in our faces social media and everything we're seeing way more and i think everyone's mental health at times gets people just get overwhelmed you know so you need to really take care of yourself and do the things that you do Uh, yeah a hundred percent and do you know what i used to like when i first started on this kind of self-development journey i would think oh, I can't spend too much time on myself because I've got other stuff to do. But I've found that the more time I put into myself, the more energy I put into looking after myself, the more time and energy I have to give to all the other things I want to do and to help others. I think people think the less time you spend on yourself, the more time you have to give to all the other things you've got to do. But it's such a balancing act. Mm. Like It has to be like 50-50. Otherwise, it's just not going to... It's just not going to work because you've got to have the energy within yourself, which comes from that self-love and self-care to be able to give to others and to be able to give to external sources as well. You're so right. You really have had a journey of self-love. Like, you know, like really, like I think a lot of us do, but you really, and you've had all those people being mean to you and unkind, which actually breaks my heart. It's so horrible. But, you know, what has that journey been like for you? And when did you start? I kind of can tell the moments that you, that things changed for you, but when did you start Mm -hmm. learning to love yourself? And when we say self-love, it doesn't mean that we sit here and we're like oh my god I love myself all the time I love everything about myself but you value yourself you have self-worth and you Mm -hmm. you do love yourself you've you know continued to carry on through all these horrible times so what does that look like for you to be honest I think again it just came with that journey of like self-discovery and like healing myself but I don't think I really understood my worth as an individual until like start of last year I think and ever since then it's just gotten stronger and stronger and stronger and stronger Um, and I think it comes with just really owning who you are and like being so accepting of yourself because when you're so accepting of yourself you then can understand I guess more what you're here on this earth to do which sounds so cheesy and like spiritual <laughs> um, so but like it's so, so, right. it's so true yeah and I think the more I've understood my worth the more clear I've become on what I want to do and it's like the craziest thing like I was crying about the other day I got so emotional I just sat in my room and I was like what the hell like I know exactly 
what I'm doing, which I never thought, like I never in a million years thought that would be the case. Like, I was just sitting there, I was like, I'm so happy within myself, within my life, the people around me. I'm just so happy. Like I never, it sounds so like sad, but I never understood what happiness felt like when I was younger like I never experienced happiness as a child obviously there were happy moments and happy times but like I was never like a happy kid I was always quite down in the dumps and everything um I remember when um my family like and I lived in Tauranga and we would walk up the mountain sometimes and this is going to sound so cheesy but I would look out over the horizon (laughs) at the top of the mountain and I like I wasn't religious or anything but I'd stand there with my eyes clothes and just pray to be happy like if there was no one around I'd get down on my knees and be like all I want to do is be happy like I, that's all I wanted that's all I wanted in life is to be happy to now like sit here and not only be happy but experience a type of happiness that is so like wholesome and like fulfilling mm. and allows you to give so much of yourself to others while you still have so much for yourself the most amazing feeling and I wish like everyone could feel that that like that type of like fulfilling happiness which again is why I preach everything that I do on Instagram and everything that I do in my keynote talks and everything that I do in the media because it's so important the only person that you are with the longest is yourself so you may as well make it a good time yeah you know you don't you don't want to hate yourself. That's so twisted and toxic. You need to put that time and energy into like making sure that you're good or making sure that you're okay. And as soon as you do, your whole world opens up. Yeah, you're so right. I think it's really important if people have people like you to look up to because they can know that. Like, <laughs> That's so weird. No, but is it? No, it's funny, but like, you're so right. You need to learn to love yourself. I think a lot of us, we always want to be, I remember when I was younger, I always wanted to be with people. Like, I mean, I was pretty good on my own, but then, you know, now I'm a boss at hanging out on my own I'm so independent I've moved myself five different cities different countries traveled the world on my own obviously seen friends and stuff while I've been there I love my own company and I can say when I was younger I I didn't used to love it all the time I'd always you know mix it you know with other people all the time have to be doing things to feel good drink you know to feel good or not that's very good but you know what I mean like I had a lot of (laughs) yeah I didn't like being on my own, but then if you learn to, it's icky, it can feel icky, but if you learn to enjoy yourself and, and yeah, yeah. like you say, you're, you've got to be your own best friend and, and enjoy your own company because it's actually really epic, yeah. Yeah, it's so true. And I think like you were saying, always feeling like you had to do something or be with people and stuff. I see that so much in like the younger generation and it scares me. It scares yeah. the living daylights out of me because I'm like, oh my God, how do you fix that? I think social media can be a great platform like Instagram and all that sort of stuff, but it can also be extremely harmful. And I think there's a really fine balance. And I just try my best to be as positive and as informative as I can be because there are so many people on there who, if I had Instagram when I was going through what I was going through, I would want to see someone like myself on there, like saying, I've been through all this stuff, but now I'm doing okay like I'm doing fine and everything's working out for me it must be really hard growing up for a lot of people not seeing themselves represented you know what kind of impact does that have on yourself and others do you think I don't know it's hard because I like you said I never saw anyone like myself in the media like on the cover of magazines all I ever saw was these stick thin girls with big smiles looking beautiful and everything like perfect airbrushed and all that sort of stuff and yeah, it was hard because, and even like it's so sad to admit, but I'd, it had even got to a point for me where I would be in a photo with other people and I'd smile and I'd be like, oh, I'm smiling. Like I would think in my head, like I'm smiling like everyone else. And then I'd see the photo back in Facebook or whatever and I'd just burst into the tears because I did not look like anyone else. And again, I hate to keep on coming back to it, but it's why I do what I do because yeah. it's like I know there are, I know there are people out there like younger Taylor who need just that push to be like it's okay to be different the crazy thing is is that everyone is different right there is no one like the whole term individual is just that you're an individual you're born to be different you everyone is born to go down a different life path to look different to be different to act different and I think that's what makes society so amazing and our community so amazing. But we've got so many people trying to do the same thing and be the same way and look the same way. And it can be so hard sometimes to be in my position and be pushing to be different and to show diversity and everything. 
But then I get like those messages, like I said at the start, where people are like, I'm really thankful that you're spreading these messages. And it's like, okay, I can keep going. I can keep doing this. I'm doing the right thing. Yeah, you're so right. We are so individual, but there's societal norms and standards and everyone's trying to conform and look the same, you know, or not even look the same. But what do you mean you don't, you're not married yet? You don't have children? Oh, oh, that grinds my gears. Yeah, oh, you've got an awesome career. Oh, you're not, yeah, you're not following this path or, you know, like no one's timeline is straightforward. Everyone's different. Um, 100%. I've always said, you know, I push on about people you don't have to be in a relationship to be happy and everyone's timeline is different like when someone has a go at you at Christmas and they're like ow have you got a boyfriend yet you can be like no like not everyone's timeline is that easy bloody hell go away Linda I know (laughs) I've literally been like I'll give you a look at the dating apps and you can you can see how you'd navigate this shit show Karen you know oh my god do you have time for a quick dating app story oh yeah go for god I love hearing dating apps. oh my god let me tell you right now before I get into it Never been back on a dating app. <laughs> oh no! What happened? Tell tell me. Tell I me feel like it. I feel like the story is going to make you laugh. Probably anyone who listens to this laugh. <laughs> um, but so it was during lockdown last year, the four week level four lockdown, and I'd gone on Bumble. Like I feel like everyone else and their mother had. Yeah. <laughs> um, everyone was so on there. It was like we were halfway through, and I'd matched with this guy who quote unquote his name was Chris he was telling me all these things told me that he had just come back from playing professional rugby in Toulon told me he had a child told me he was now a welder all this sort of stuff told me he was a deputy head boy at a school told me he was captain of his first 15 (laughs) rugby team at school (laughs) anyway we would like call each other every day like text every day because there's nothing else to do right he told me he like loved me and all this sort of stuff told me he was going to marry me like it was quite full on for me anyway I just kind of went with it because it was so oh exactly and so I meet this guy the first time I meet him he comes over to my house brings my mum flowers and chocolate I was like okay how much better can this guy get so thoughtful and nice and everything anyway we ended up seeing each other for like two-ish months one day out of the blue he told me he had to go to a funeral but he was going to come over after told me to be ready by like four or five and he'd take me out to dinner anyway hadn't heard from him all day was ready by four or five was like just give me a text when you're around the corner or whatever never heard from him again spent the next few weeks like sobbing my eyes out anyway got over it randomly one day went on to Facebook did one scroll and you know how you get that friend suggestion list that pops up I saw this profile picture and I was like that guy looks so familiar. So I click on the profile picture. Turns out he has a girlfriend of five years. I know. I could not believe it. I was, oh, I was like, no, 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 no. Yeah. <laughs> um, turns out his name wasn't Chris. I won't reveal his real name, um, but his name was definitely not Chris. I wasn't going to message the girlfriend, right? Because I was like, no, I can't. Like, I just, I could not, well, you I could not know. believe I was in this yeah. position. Exactly. I felt so bad. I felt sick. But my sister was like, no, Taylor, you need to message her. Like, she needs to know. Anyway, I sent her this long message and I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I really did not know. Like, I like feel sick and everything. Anyway, she was so good about it. Was really, like, appreciative that I told her and everything. Turns out... <laughs> Turns out he never has been to France in his life. So obviously never played professional rugby for too long. Doesn't have a daughter. Is not a welder. Works at Pack and Save. And so my dad was like, maybe we should go to Pack and Save and ask if they've got a welding department. Um, <laughs> go dad, it's a good one, yeah. I know. I was like, mm, maybe not. <laughs> never was the captain of the first 15. Was never a deputy head boy. Even through that, I just got so much stronger from it. Yeah. And like, he still tries to call me now. He oh, still tries to call me on no. Well, it's on no caller ID. So I can't, but I know it's him. Yeah. <laughs> the stupid idiot. He calls me at all the same times that he used to call me at. And I'm like, how dumb do you think I am? Yeah. Yeah, and like no. he had blocked me on Instagram, right? And now he's unblocked me and he thinks I don't know, but I do know. I do know, <laughs> we that know. He has unblocked me. Yeah, we know because <laughs> we can go look all of a sudden. Yeah, block I reckon block yeah. him. Block him on everything. Don't let him have access. Even look at your so, life. 
Honestly, there, are, there just... are good ones out there. Trust me. There are, oh, good, yeah, there are good people out there yeah. just like yourself. And like you say, you attract what you put out, right? One day you were going to attract oh, yeah. that person. But, yeah, that God. Yeah. yeah. Just be careful on the apps, everybody. Just, I just, uh, yeah. at, at the time, I was heartbroken, but I just find it so funny now. Like, yeah. I feel so sorry for the girls. being ghosted is one of They're the worst still... feelings. Yeah, being ghosted sucks. I've been ghosted before after dating yeah. for, like, couple of months and then it feels like it's your fault but it's not your fault like they've clearly got issues i listened to some podcasts where they were like had a psychologist basically saying that people who have psychological problems ghost you could just say hey i'm not into this or hey i'm getting back with my ex-girlfriend like i've had before you know like or oh my ex has popped back up and i'm just not sure anymore because i'd just be like okay all good mate see ya a hundred percent it makes me feel so sorry for the girl like i still feel so sorry for the girl but like it's kind of funny now (laughs) yeah it's just like at some point it was all going to come crumbling down you said you've said along the way that you know you really wanted someone that younger taylor could look up to or you know that she could really have in her life Mm -hmm. knowing what you know now what would you tell younger taylor oh so many things so many things i think the one thing that i kind of i guess always come back to is that there is no one that is you in this world and this goes for everyone that is listening to this as well there is no one that is you in this world and that is your power like you've got to hold on to that because imagine if we were all the same like we'd have no diversity we'd all just be boring have nothing special to give to this world but because we're all different and we're all made to be different we've all got something unique and special to give to this world and whether we find that or not is a different story a lot of people just go through life thinking that they've got to go down this one path but I'm just so grateful that I went through everything that I went through as hard as it was. It was, I still don't know how I get through it. Like people ask me and I'm like, listen, I wish I could tell you, but I just really don't know. But I'm just so grateful that I went through everything because it has not been able to smile is the greatest gift I could have ever been given, hands down. I just love the fact that I can't smile because it gives me the ability to inspire and empower others. And I just love that. Yeah, I love that so much. We did touch on a bit of your um, competing, but what's that been like? And what are you up to these days with that? And because you did it all, you've done it for a long time. So I stopped competing 20, kind of half of 2019, I think, because I was supposed to go to world champs that year and I'd qualified and everything, but I was just getting so many injuries with my ankles, obviously going from a non-body weight sport in swimming to a body weight sport in athletics, shot put and discus. My ankles just were not made for that at all because obviously I have little to no ankle movement and no calf muscles, there was nothing there to kind of hold up all that weight bearing. So um, I just had to call it quits. And like along with a few other things, like, I felt like my mental health was deteriorating a bit as well. So I just called it quits. was a bit unsure about it, but just did it anyway. And it was the best decision I've ever made. I'm still really active now, though. We've got a gym at home. With, it's pretty like commercialized, really. We've got heaps of like weights and everything. And I'm out there every day. It's my favorite bit of the house. It's so cool. Mm. But yeah, I just love being active. And again, being active <laughs> sounds crazy that I probably train harder now than I ever did when I was training as a competitive athlete. But pushing my body like to its physical limits and past those physical limits helps me more than anything mentally. Because it proves to myself, okay, if I can do that, what else can I do? And I think, again, people think of being active as this chore and like having to do it. But if you look at it in the way of like, okay, what can my body do? What is my body allowing me to do? How can I make this fun? What do I enjoy? Like do a dance workout. (laughs) It doesn't have to be lifting weights or like intense cardio. Put in some music, find a dance workout on YouTube. Doesn't matter how uncoordinated you look like I do. It's just so much fun, but just have fun with it. Yeah. And I think my my love for exercise and being active and lifting weights, like it's so empowering lifting weights as well and just being so, just seeing what your body can do. So yeah, I'm so still active now and I encourage everyone to be. It's like the greatest thing, like being totally. having the ability to move your body is so amazing. 100%. Apart from smashing world records, what have been your highlights <laughs> of being a professional athlete and competing? To be honest, wearing the silver fern on your chest is pretty special. There's nothing quite like it. I think like when 
it, when I was growing up and I was training, like that's all I wanted. I was just like, I just want to represent New Zealand. I just want to wear that black singlet or that black T-shirt and represent my country. And when that finally started happening, it was just amazing. It's just like this sense of, okay, I'm doing this not only for myself now, but I'm representing a whole country, <laughs> which is wild when you think about it. And I was so young when I started doing that as well. And any chance that I got to represent New Zealand was such a highlight for me, such an honour. And I will never, ever forget those moments because it's just so fulfilling. But I think sport taught me so many lessons like resilience and diligence and discipline and really just learning how to push past those mental barriers. And I think that's really what helped me in my self-care and self-development journey as well. Yeah. Do you think little Taylor ever had any idea that you would smash world records and be competing like you did? Do you think she would have had any idea? Having those operations, um, being bullied like that, do you did you ever think that you were going to be an athlete, a professional one? You always like dream of it, right? You always you always watch people on TV break world records, and you're like, oh, I want to do that one day. I didn't ever think it would happen, but when it did, I was just like, wow. I did, I still don't really even believe it sometimes. I'm yeah, like, mm. so I get a bit weird about it. I'm <laughs> just like, mm, I don't really. <laughs> I know. What you um, mean. even like with where I am now, like personally like on a personal and career level I didn't think I'd ever be in this position I didn't think I'd be alive to be this old to be quite honest but now that I'm here honestly like I would not give up what I went through for the world yeah and I mean you've given us so much advice along the way but what is some advice you would like to share with those listening everything happens for a reason and I know it sounds so cheesy and I know a lot of people say it but when you think about it on a deeper level and you really take the time to acknowledge and observe everything that has happened to you in the past and things that you're going through in the present or whatever you may go through in the future, just understand that it all happens for a reason. It's either there to help you or you to learn from. If I'm anything to go by and if my story is anything to go by, then I hope that you can take that everything happens for a reason and that you've 100% got this. Nothing you go through or any, nothing that happens to you is not given to you without a reason behind it if that makes sense please do not give up I know it can be like so easy and to like give in to wanting to give up but don't give up life is way too precious to give up on and you've got this yeah, I love that so much what are your main messages you like to share like it sounds like you're a pretty positive person on social media and people find that really helpful and then I guess when you're doing your keynote speeches as well I just had such a positive outlook on life I just love sharing with people that you have ever everything within you to do whatever you want to do in this life and it's great to get inspiration from others and it's great to learn from others and everything but you really do have everything within you to inspire yourself and to motivate yourself to get through whatever it is you're going through and to get to where you want to go just love life spread love spread kindness be kind to yourself and be kind to others it's so easy it doesn't cost anything and it just makes the world a better place and I love the thought of that yeah I love that so much and just finally what are some things you would like to do in the future and like what have you got any plans or things you really want to do now that you know that you can do anything I just want to keep being a face and a voice for people to look up to like I'd love to be on the cover of a magazine which sounds so stupid because I used to hate being in front of the camera let's make happen I used to I used to hate it's so funny because I used to hate being in front of the camera and now I literally just post pictures of myself on Instagram you're like that is a fire Um, selfie that is going straight to the grid (laughs) (laughs) um that's so good there's trap Um, yeah so true I just want to keep showing people globally that it doesn't matter who you are, where you come from, what you look like. You can do anything you set your mind to. And I've got so many like dreams and aspirations and goals that I will continue to work towards. And just even being on this podcast is such a dream for me. And I just like, I'm just so thankful to have been given this platform by you. And I hope that by me sharing a little bit of my story, it will help someone somewhere out there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, thank you so much, Taylor. You honestly should be so proud of yourself. It's an honour to have you on. And, yeah, we need <laughs> more people like you out there, you know. You're smashing it. And you you should be so proud of yourself and what you've overcome. Like, oh, thank I you. I just think you had enough going on without people being mean. <laughs> a lot of us understand what it was like to be bullied, but we didn't have a lot of things that you were dealing with at the same time. So I just can't even imagine. But, honestly, you've smashed it. You're such a fighter. And 
thank you so much for your time. I've really felt really inspired by chatting with you. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Self Love Club podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome. We're an independent podcast and you can support us by subscribing on your go-to podcast app. Click follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star glowing review. Show us where you're listening. Maybe you're out for a pretty walk. Uh, Or screenshot and post on your Instagram story and tag us in it at Self Love Club Podcast so we can see and share. Share with your friends, sisters, workmates, everyone. Delve into our backlog and enjoy listening. You can find us and follow at Self Love Club Podcast. I'm Abel Crawford and we'll catch you soon.
Thanks so much for listening to this episode of the Self Love Club podcast. If this is your first time listening, welcome. We're an independent podcast and you can support us by subscribing on your go-to podcast app. Click follow on Spotify. Leave a five-star glowing review. Show us where you're listening. Maybe you're out for a pretty walk. Uh, Or screenshot and post on your Instagram story and tag us in it at Self Love Club podcast so we can see and share. Share with your friends, sisters, workmates, everyone down Delve into our backlog and enjoy listening. You can find us and follow at Self Love Club Podcast. I'm Abel Crawford and we'll catch you soon. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.